is Jared of the GM on ESPN 1025 The Game. I just want to be in Floyd's respected list of people who can watch all 22 film and then be able to discuss it with him, which we were talking about during the break, about how if some Johnny Joe watches the all 22 film, and if I were to watch the all 22 film and were to come to you and say, hey, this is, these are my takeaways from the all 22 film, what would you do? <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean. Would you listen to what I say and sure. take it to heart? Smile and nod. We need a tutorial. And what, and as I saw, <laughs> yes. So I said to Floyd after that, I go, now if Nick Saban came up to you to talk about the all 22, oh, yeah, that'd be, oh, it's real. So, like, what can I do to get that, oh, hey, you know, Jared's well, still. You have to, it's like I said yesterday. You have to keep in mind that my wife has accidentally watched more all 22 film than you have. Oh, there's so, no doubt. So, I mean, it's it's all relative. You know, it's all. Where, however you look at it. I'm, I'm willing to assume that your granddaughter, who's five years old, has watched more All-22 Pretty close. I have. I have no... Why, why do I need to watch All-22 Yeah, exactly. So, anywho, so the Titans, I think by... Do you think tomorrow when Vrabel hits the podium, which I think is 11 a.m., let me double check. I thought we were supposed to get it today. No, huh? I guess it hadn't come out Sam yet. Sam won't be able to sleep tonight. You already know. <laughs> Vrabel hits the podium tomorrow at 11 a.m. Do you think at 11 a.m. Mike Vrabel will announce quarterback? Oh, I think he probably would. Now, I, to be honest, I mean, I think a caller called earlier. I'm not sure I would. But, I mean, he's, that's what he said yesterday, that he would announce it to the – I mean, he's going to talk to the guys, and then he'll announce it to the team, and then announce it to the press. Although Vrabel did say when I guess he was asked to clarify that or whatever, it was like – I mean, I'm not actually going to go out of my way to tell you guys. I just, you know, threw that out there as you'll be the last ones to know. <laughs> uh, anywho, as far as Vrabel's concerned or, or whatever, if the Titans pick Tannehill and they're ready to move on from Mariota, which is what picking Tannehill would be, then is it time for us and is it time for the fans to officially move on from the 2019 season? I vote no. yes. I vote yes. No, no. See, that's where you're so wrong on this. I'll ask you this one question. It doesn't make any difference which one of those guys plays. Do you think Ryan Tannehill can go 8-2 and two the rest of the way to get you to 10-6 and six and into the playoffs? I'm not sure either one can. But if, they, if one can, the other one can. Then it doesn't matter so, who plays tomorrow. Then it doesn't matter who plays Sunday. There you go. Under that logic, which yeah. I disagree with. Well, I don't. I don't think it matters. I mean, it's not for this season. It's not. I mean, this decision is not about this game or this season. In my mind, I mean, you're you're making a decision that's going to affect long term here. And and if if you had a legitimate starting quarterback and a ba- legitimate backup, whoever that may be. And that starting quarterback was not playing well, and you decided to do all this. Now you're now you're talking something different. But but right now these two guys are just images of each other, and I think they'll play like their images, and I think they'll they'll win or lose like their images. I totally disagree. I mean, I think Marcus Mariota represents a possibility of a franchise quarterback. Now that possibility is minute right now, and it's hard to even say with a straight face,
based upon the football we've been watching. But he is theoretically your franchise quarterback. You have treated him for the last five years like your franchise quarterback. Tannehill is a backup who you acquired with a fourth-round pick. That's what Tannehill is. Tannehill has played more, won more, and played better than, than Marcus ever has. So I would say that is technically true by two by two one hundredths of a percentile. Uh, whatever, Marcus is how much clo- how much closer can you get than that? You ready for this? Two one hundredths. No, no, you ready They're for this? Exactly the same. Here, here you go. Win percentage: Tannehill four seventy seven. Mariota four seventy five. There. So completion I mean, percentage. You ready for this? Completion percentage: sixty two point nine for Tannehill. Mariota sixty two point nine. So why are why are we even having this discussion? Because the truth is, is this team thought Mariota was a franchise that quarterback. Have anything to do going with into it. the season. It doesn't have anything to do with it. And they didn't. If think the Tannehill coaches was. come out and say this guy is the starting quarterback, guess what? They see they've seen this guy for the last two months, three months, however long he's been here. I mean, it's not like it's some rookie coming in off of the street. And and secret, I mean, the truth be known, I'll guarantee you there are some of the guys over there that would be happy to see him play. I guarantee it, and I have no idea who it would who it would be. But there's somebody over there that's that's practiced enough with Tannehill to go, wow, now he he really throws a nice ball. I mean, he's really this, that, the other. So. I mean, and that's why I'm saying it, this. This is not about a game, in my opinion, or maybe not about a C. You're talking about what what you're going to try to do for the future, and that's why I would give Marcus another chance because I think we know what Tannehill. Tannehill is what he is. Marcus probably, very, very likely, is what he is, but. He has more of an upside simply because he's younger. He's a he's not a five year guy yet. Tannehill's been in the league for eight years or however nine years, however long it's been. And you know Tannehill's already gotten his hundred million dollar contract. I mean he's he went through his first his rookie contract and signed a second one at Miami. So he's he's done enough to earn another contract. And Marcus is trying to get there. I, again, contend with this. That is, do you think Ryan Tannehill can go 8-2? and two? And I contend with this. Do you think Marcus can go 8-2? and two? I think there's a chance. Oh, but then, then, I, then Tannehill can. Marcus Mariota. If you think Marcus can do it, Tannehill can do it. Well, Tannehill's never gotten to the playoffs. Tannehill's never won a playoff game. I don't care. We're not talking about playoffs. We're talking about... Winning, going eight and two. Has Tannehill ever been named as an injury replacement to the Pro Bowl and then not been able to suit up because of injury? You you think those things are important. Those things are just nothing. I mean, those things mean nothing. Nothing. So if Marcus can't go eight and two and Tannehill can't go eight and two, then should we already just give up on the 2019 season? 
I mean, I did not wake up for 2019 yeah. to not make the playoffs, okay? I mean, that's In 2016, I, 2016, the year Mike Malarkey took them to 9-7 and seven on the cusp of the playoffs, I was stunned at the end of the season they were in the position to make the playoffs. I mean, stunned. So that's why I wasn't too upset when they lost. And so... I mean, I last year they didn't make the playoffs, but there were excuses. And you know what? Fine. This year, there are no excuses. This team was supposed to make the playoffs this year. And here we are on October, whatever the hell day it is, 15th. Here we are on October 15th. And let's be real about the playoff chances of the Tennessee Titans. They ain't great. But at least if you just get Marcus and he just, turns it around, then you got a shot to go 8-2. and two. The shot that your franchise quarterback can prove for the last part of the year that he's a franchise quarterback. If you turn it over to Tannehill, you're saying he ain't a franchise quarterback and he ain't a franchise quarterback. And the playoffs at this point, like, yeah, we'll play hard to try to make it, but let's be real did with you, what we're looking at. Did you at. watch the game last night? I did. Did you see those two quarterbacks? I did. Any, any reasonable facsimile of the, these two of the quarterbacks here and and those two i mean is there even a an a imagination an image a dream that that shows you that there's some kind of comparison i would argue with you and i have would have to look it up that the win percentage that mariota and Tannehill have the 477 and the 475 I would argue stafford is probably right there in the ballpark with those guys i, I, I that's not what i asked why do you always answer what you want? Is there any anything that you saw last night that looks like what you saw this weekend? I answer how I want is there because somebody anything? told me that if they ask you a question, the answer, answer it however you want. That's what you used no. to say. Is that not what you the say? The answer is no. Is that not your line, though? And They'll ask you whatever that, they want. You and because of that, whatever, which one of these guys plays, if you're supposed to win eight games, you're going to win eight games. Supposed to win 10, you win 10. Supposed to win two, you win two. I don't think they're going to have one. There will be any difference between the two over 10 games. This sounds like some kind of religious thing. It's like, you know, if you're supposed to win nine games, then that'll be the Lord's will. Yeah, and if you're whatever, supposed to win, whatever well, it is. I mean, this is football. <laughs> I mean, I, you know. He likes football. They play on the same day. Yeah, he likes so it. they share the same day. So let's get to your phones. 615-737-1025. Again, if Tannehill starts, are we ready to punt the 2019 season? And if not, do you think Tannehill can actually go 8-2? 615 737-1025. Live from the Wholesaling Studios, powered by RumbleOn.com. Jared and the GM, did you know an estimated 1.2 million people are living in the United States with a uh, form of blood cancer or in remission from it? Join ESP in the game national for the Light the Night Walk at Nissan Stadium Friday, November 1st. You can be the difference in saving a life by being a part of the 2019 Light the Night Walk. For more details and to be a part of the event or to contribute, visit lightthenight.org slash events slash Nashville. Jared and the GM, it's ESPN 102. The game. Yeah, I mean, this, this whole situation is tough. When you're not winning ball games, these type of things happen. But if it's quarterback decisions, coaching decisions, things like that, uh, number eight has had this entire team, especially my support since he, since I've been here and since he's been here. Uh, we love that guy to death, and we're going to always support him no matter what. Um, but this is a coach's decision. You know, the coach is always going to make decisions that's best for the team. And uh, 
whatever he does and whatever his decision is, we're going to support him. Uh, we support 17 as well since, since he's been here as well. So it is what it is. At the end of the day, on our side of the ball, it doesn't affect us at all. We just have to keep playing football. So you take what Kevin Byard said there, and you think that kind of his, hey, we've been behind number eight since day one, and he, we're behind him, and he's behind us. Oh, and we're, we're behind 17 too. You kind of take that as a, hey, the players want to give Mariota one more shot too. Well, I don't think there's any doubt. And it's not, you know, it's not – I mean, they've been with him for four and a half years, and they've been with Tannehill for six games or whatever. So, I mean, it's not, it's just a matter of time. So, did you read John Canazano's column in the Oregonian today? No. I'm going to guess you didn't. I don't know, John. Okay, I don't either, but I'm reading from his column. Quote If the Tennessee Titans no longer want Marcus Mariota, I'd be happy to, ha- I'd be happy to help him find a house. In, say, Denver, the guy needs out. Mariota was benched on Sunday in Tennessee's fourth loss of the season, while the former Heisman Trophy winner from Oregon looked uncomfortable and played poorly. All that's left for him in Nashville is an evacuation effort. Three head coaches in five seasons, four play callers, two, actually five, sacked a league high 25 times this season. The Titans have failed miserably. Their prized number two overall 2015 draft pick hasn't had any continuity of system of or personnel. He's not been surrounded by nearly enough talent, and I'm hoping what happens next is his exit. Goes on to talk about Vrabel's quote to me yesterday, saying, you know, that maybe I'm just not a very good coach. Of course, they touch on that. And... He goes on to write, quote, I'm holding out hope that Mariota doesn't have to take another snap at a Titans uniform, that he sits the rest of the season or gets released today. Worst case, he gets set free at the end of his rookie contract and can sign with another team because he'd be a terrific fit with the right franchise. You know, a stable NFL franchise with total congruency of vision from ownership to front office to coaching staff on down. That is not the Tennessee Titans. I wish he'd just said aloha and walked out. Talking about Mariota. Basically saying, it's the Titans, it ain't Mariota. What do you think of that? <laughs> I have not. Uh, I, I think there's some truth there. I'm sure you do. But I, I call this the Jalen Hurts theory. <laughs> that is, if, that, if you, know, you look like a bum somewhere and then go off to a better coach and look like a great player... That is possible. It happened with Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts looked like a backup at Alabama. He was broken. His confidence was shattered, and it was time for Jalen to go. And now Jalen's a Heisman candidate at Oklahoma. So it is possible. Not Jalen Hurts won national championships. No, did Jalen. He won he one national title he and, have a ring? and got benched in that game. He doesn't have a ring? He has one. He okay. said championships. He has one, and he got benched in that game. Okay. He, and, and rightfully so. But then he came back after that and won an SEC championship throwing the ball. Throwing the ball. So, I mean, he's not. That's it's not like you're taking a, a, a plug and you're turning him into a, to Cinderella. I mean, anybody that comes out of Alabama. Now, I'll say this. It's more impressive what they did with, for example, uh, Baker coming out of Texas Tech. Now you're now you're doing a little something-something. But, I mean, coming from Alabama, give me a break. Yeah, but we all thought Jalen was a backup, and Jalen— I didn't know, but Jalen was different. 
Jalen was not the same as Tua. Not uh, not uh, not a passer. He was a runner. Yeah, I mean, he led the, the whatever what rushing the ball. I mean, he was fantastic doing that. And stuff. if Mariota goes somewhere else and lights it up, then you will look like he will look like the NFL version of Jalen Hurts, and you will be like Tampa Bay in the nineties, and that's fine. Um, but you know, I'd be a little surprised if that actually happens with Mariota. Nah, Let's so. go to your phones, Kevin is up next here on Jared and the GM. What's up, Kevin? Hey, um, I'm a little bit more on the positive side. I, I think 8-8 eight and eight will get in the playoffs, so I'm not giving up on 2019 How? like you guys might be. But, How but, will 8-8 eight eight get you into the playoffs? Well, because, I mean, other than Green Bay and, and New England, the rest of the teams are pretty mediocre. Um, and, and any given Sunday, any team can win. Okay, but there are only three spots. This is not college basketball where there are X amount of at-large bids. There are three spots the Titans can get in at. There's the AFC South where Houston just went to Kansas City and won and is 4-2. and two. There's the yeah. first wild card where Buffalo has four wins and a tiebreaker over you already. And then there's the second wild card where Indianapolis, Jacksonville, who's already beat you, a handful of teams are going to be okay. fighting for that second wild card, and I doubt eight wins get you into that. Okay, uh, you may be right, but so maybe nine and seven. But um, my point is, is any team because every team other than just a, maybe a couple are they're pretty mediocre. And, and the problem is, is that you're not there. Thank you for the call. The problem is, is that you used to be one of those teams, and right now you're not. You can't score a freaking point at Denver right now. That's how bad you are. You're a Bengals right now. You can turn it around, but you're a Bengals. You used to be in the mediocre pot of, hey, man, you run into Tennessee and you don't show up. Tennessee going to kick your rear end. Now, you have a chance to beat Tennessee when you play them. But if you run into Tennessee and you don't show up, I mean, they just wallop Dallas and New England. So don't think you're going to walk into this game and not show up. That used to be you. Now it's you and the Bengals, and like that's where you are right now. And eight wins is not getting you into the playoffs. <laughs> okay, fine. You think eight wins get you into the playoffs? I don't know. And neither do you. But I, I'm, I'm willing to bet you the $100 that you will owe me for the Bengals being way worse than you thought they were going to be, that the second wild card team will, will have more than eight wins. That very well could be true. And the Texans will have more than eight wins too. That very well could be true. I mean, I don't, you know, by the same token, if the quarterback goes out and gets an ACL this week, they may not win two more. Texans will win more than eight games even if the quarterback gets hurt. Oh, no way. I'll bet you that one. We can't no way of proving that one. But I promise you that's not right. Keith is up next. What's up, Keith? Hey, guys. I'm 64 years old. I grew up a uh, Colts fan all my life till the Titans came to town. Uh the Titans put on their Twitter account a picture of Mariota and the backup. You know, it said one of them's going to start. I'm telling you, man, that's, that's, that's poor. That's a poor organization that does that. This organization ain't been worth a darn since Floyd left. And so I'm going to tell you, I mean, Floyd, you laughed about Mariota's failures due to the Titans organization, but there might be something to it. 
Now, I'm not going to say that Mariota uh, has been or would be any better. I don't know that. But I'm telling you, you put stuff like that out of the organization to, to bind up the locker room, it's Bush League. I'm thinking about going back to being oh a Oh, my player. God, Keith, I love I'll you, but stop. I love who what, cares? What did what did they put on it? They put up, you know, how teams try to act as their own news organizations, and it's you know kind of like you know, China um, in terms of you know it's state run news, but it's you know Titan run news on the Titans Twitter account. Put up a picture of Mariota and Tannehill and said the quarterback uh, to be decided in the next twenty four hours, which is what the coach said. Delaney Walker got mad about it. D-Mace got mad about it. This caller got mad about it. Who cares that they put up a picture of Mariota standing next to Tannehill? Who cares? What, what, what did Delaney get mad about? I don't know. He well, said something along the lines of, I, you know. I, I, I'm so happy that I've never had a Twitter account. It was, I, you know what? I have more brain cells. Because I've never, I don't disagree ever, with that. I've never ever there was, looked at a there, Twitter. There was a Twitter account, and the and Delaney said something along the lines of, "You know, and you wonder, you put up stuff like this, and then you wonder why the fans act the way that they do." And I guess D Mace was mad that they had a picture next to each other of the two quarterbacks standing there. And I love D Mace, and I, I, I just don't. Who cares? Like, who cares what the team's Twitter account does? I don't care. I mean. Oh, goodness, who cares? But this is the world we live in today. Uh, let's go to Lance, who's up next. What's up, Lance? So a while ago you said uh, that the Titans it should have been a playoff team. Who all said they were going to be a playoff team other than you? You're the one that picked them at 12 and 4. They're the ones that said uh, good to great. Well, I mean, but you're the one that they're, the they're one not the that ones that said good to not. They're, they're not the ones that said good to can't score a point at Denver. They said good to great. And my they should be 12 and four was not a prediction of this is what it's going to be. It was a standard that I was holding them to. That was it's time to be good. And I'm sick of them sucking. Because I'm tired of this. When here they comes, were bad, here comes the Dion. When Sanders. they were bad, like backpedal, backpedal. When, when back they pedal, were bad, pedal. I was okay. I was okay with the idea of okay, they're the worst team in the league. They cleaned house. They brought in a new general manager. They made Mike Malarkey the coach. I was okay with being five and eleven or six and ten and slowly building it up. But we are four years removed from that just abyss that they found themselves in. And they're getting worse. They're getting worse. And that is unacceptable from this franchise. This team should be going to the playoffs this year. They should have gone to the playoffs last year, but it took them until the end of the year to figure out a block for Derrick Henry. Then they start this year, and they don't remember how to block for Derrick Henry. So I don't know anymore. But what's funny is everyone tells me it's not the coach's fault, it's not the GM's fault, it's not the offensive line's fault. I mean, they can't block for anybody, God forbid, but then all of a sudden you have this offensive line that can't block, and i got everyone telling me, hey, it's not the offensive line's coach's fault, and they're going to run the same five players out there. So you know what? That it just it, it just everybody's okay with the Titans losing because they expect it, and maybe this is why this heap of a franchise is what they are. Maybe they'll never be twelve and four again. I don't know, but but 
God forbid somebody sit in this chair and try to hold them what? accountable to Why be are we good. getting you're getting mad at and everybody you have no idea you're how getting mad at everybody on person. the station because you were the idiot that came out with 12 and 4. They don't, should be 12 don't and 4 this year. Us because you be. let your mouth no. overload your butt. They should be 12 <laughs> and 4. That's your fault. They should be. They were in the AFC divisional round against New England two years ago. They smacked the Patriots last year. This team has a top defense. They're good enough to be good. And then when they're not good, everybody's like, Oh, I don't know why well, they're not good. They're not good. Something's not adding up. Should we blame the coach? Oh, no, don't blame the coach. Should we blame the general manager who can't find a guard to save his life? No, don't blame the general manager. So it's like everyone in this town is okay with them being bad. And you know what? If you want to blame me, fine. I don't care. But I'm holding them to standards because guess what? If they don't turn this around, they will fire Shouldn't the quarterback. should we hold you to standards? I got a contract extension. I'm good. No, no. So they it's twelve and four. That's I mean so you've they, been preaching twelve and four. That's your standard. So, so how again, can we rely on your standard? They will fire the quarterback this year. Bad standard. They will fire the quarterback this year. That's what they'll do. They will fire the QB. <laughs> but guess what? If they don't turn it around after that, Robinson and Brable gotta go. And that because somebody in this town has got to hold this team accountable and set standards that they've got to meet. You're sweating. Oh, I'm so mad right now. You have no idea how hard it is for me to not curse right now. I mean, there were like three F words that almost got, came out in the middle of that. I got, like three I, or four of them. I got it. I, I should, I'm spitting. I, I wish I could have filmed that. I take it home I'm and show sweating, my, spitting. Sh- show my granddaughter what she looks like when she gets mad. Everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. How Gil. <laughs> We're talking to Hal Gill for. I mean, like, what's it? Hal oh, Gill, like, oh, this is great. get my heart zapped before we talk to Hal Gill about the Predators <laughs> game tonight. Hal Gill coming up next. The biggest waste of energy I've seen in years. That's fantastic. Now, clear that's the phones. A, that's a conditioner. Clear the phones. You don't need to work out for Can a week. Can I please, will you stop talking so I can give away these tickets? <laughs> Big caller five six one five seven three seven one zero two five. You win a pair of tickets to see Nashville okay. SC take on Atlanta United two and First Tennessee Park on Saturday, October nineteenth. Hal Gill on the Predators next. Jared the GM at ESPN one zero two five. The game. Jared of the GM ESPN one zero two five. The game tonight. You just heard the promo right there, Preds. At Vegas, Floyd, I'm worried about tonight's game. You wonder why I'm not as worried as I'm worried about some other things, but I am worried about tonight's game only because the Predators the last couple of nights have done a fantastic job of not playing defense. And if you don't play defense against Vegas, they may score 10 goals. Like, they may score 10 goals tonight. If the, pre- the, if the commitment to defense is what it was at the beginning of the game Saturday against L.A., Vegas literally may go pop, 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 goalie change, pop, 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 other goalie back in. Mm. I mean, it may be that, I mean, I am worried about what I'm seeing defensively. Now, I'm enjoying the goal scoring and the comebacks, but again, they are just defensively, they are just loose. And Al Gill joins us now from Vegas, presented by Puckets. So, Harold, what do we make of the defense? Are we happy that the Predators are playing entertaining hockey and they're scoring a bunch of goals and the games are fun to watch? 
Or are we worried about the defense, especially tonight against Vegas, where if they don't go out there and play defense, Vegas may hang a 10 spot on them? Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, you know what? It's fun. It's exciting. Uh, you know, pond hockey going back and forth. Uh, but eventually you want to lock it down and play some solid D. And so I, I think that's the challenge for this road trip. And, and the start in L.A. wasn't good, and I, I think they know that. And and you're coming into a game against the Golden Knights. that They have 10 goals in the first period uh, this season. They're, they're going to come out hard, especially in this building. It's loud, and, uh, you know, the Preds better D up pretty quick or else it could get ugly. Do you think – then Floyd and I were talking about this after the Washington game Thursday night. Because these players have played one way for so long, now they play a different way. Can they get a lead or play a physical team and say, all right, let's go back to the defensive style we used to play? Or is it, hey, they're committed to going up and down the ice with these kind of rushes and committing the defensemen to offense that you can't change it like that? Yeah, it's tough. I I think – you look at the playoffs last year, and they couldn't find a way to score goals. And so they went out and focused on it. They worked on the power play. They worked on uh, being more offensive. And they have some good lines that can roll out there and play attack hockey. Um, so you, you want to balance it, though. It, it can't be all in. And uh, I think we saw that in Detroit where they were you know, just sending five guys, and Detroit took advantage of it. Um, but against LA, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily run and gun. It was just lapses in defensive coverage. So uh, it's a little different story on the road. On the road, I think you have to play a little bit different. You have to you have to wait for your chances. Keep it simple. Move it. You know, get it up through the neutral zone. Get it in. Work your forecheck. Um, you can't be all loose and flying uh, like they 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 were at home for the first few games. So um, we'll see how it goes tonight. But it, yeah, it's certainly looking for a balance. How we were talking about the goalies, and I think we've seen, um, you know, they're probably going to be susceptible to more goals. But is that, could that affect Soros more than Pekka? Uh, yeah, I, I think Peck's kind of has an idea of what's going on, and he's, you know, I think they're both pretty good self evaluators. So, but it's hard if you're if you're playing a run and gun game and you're giving up a lot of goals. That's hard on the psyche. That's hard. It's a hit to your confidence. I don't care if it makes sense that you know you're you're getting ten goals a night and giving up nine. It still hurts giving up nine. That's not fun. Um, you know, poor UC Saros is going to get credit credited with a goal against that he was halfway to the bench when they were pulling him. You know, those little things hurt the psyche of a, of a goalie and. Um, so it, I think it will be tough for Saros to, to handle that more so than, than Pekka, but for both of them, uh, it, it's tough as a defenseman. I kind of went through that, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't go out there and put up a ton of points. Uh, I just had to make sure the puck was out of my net and, and that's not always easy to do when they're playing the way they are right now. Let me ask you this. Would, would size matter, um, when it comes to, you know, the, the new system in the goalie? Uh, well, I always say size matters because I'm huge and I'd like to say that that's better. But right. uh, you, you look at Saros, that kid's quick and and he can get across. And sometimes you need to be quick when, when you're going to get odd man rushes against. Uh, sometimes being quick is, is better. Sometimes being big is, is better. So 
I guess it depends on how you use it. Hal Gill with us, Preds tonight in Vegas. Again, the Predators, I mean, I'll say something like Saturday night. I wrote them off Saturday, Hal. I'll be, I got two big TVs, and I was watching the Preds on one and football on the other, and then two football games I wanted to watch came on, and I, I, I wrote the Preds off. I turned it off. I said, okay, you know, enough. The Preds are going to lose big to, to L.A. I hop in the car, and I hear you and Pete Weber in the span of about three minutes go nuts over these two comeback <laughs> goals. Preds come back, and then they end up losing the game. It's incredibly entertaining. But it is. I, I don't know if I should feel good about the team for the fact that they're coming back in these crazy third periods or if I should feel bad for the team in the fact that they're getting behind the way they've gotten behind. Yeah, that's that's where that balance comes from because it is it is nice to know, and I feel like they have so much confidence in the group that they can come back from anything and get the job done. So that's a great that's a great feeling to have. You know, you go in the locker room and really after two bad periods, they came out and were flying and and scoring goals, and everyone's contributing. It was awesome. Uh, I think what they, you know, the, the balance becomes. Hey, let's play a smart game and then take advantage of our opportunities. You know, the other teams are going to give up something. Let's wait until they give it up. Let's not force it too much. And so we have to dig ourselves out of a hole like they did on Saturday night. How we know that the power play has improved. Um, and, and I think as you look at it, being a former player, what, what is that the part you like the most about what they're doing now that maybe you didn't see much of last year. Yeah, I think as it, as it progresses, I can see I can see all the decisions that they're they're making out there, and I can see I can tell you um, it, as a defenseman in front of the net, if I'm playing against their power play, it, you really have to respect Duchesne down on the goal line, and that opens up so much. That opens up the the play to Arvidsson in the slot. That opens up the play up and over to Forsberg, and and, and that's a, a tough one to stop. And then, you know, if you cheat on one thing, they're going to hit you with the other. So uh, I think there's a lot more progressions that we're going to see as the season goes on because it's, it's forever going to be changing. They, you know, people are going to uh, read one thing and take it away, and then you're going to have to find something else. But I, I love all the options that they have. I think Johansson has done a great job on the half wall, really – kind of dictating where they're going to be sending the play. Uh, but, you know, you have Forsberg on one side, Deshane on the other. Pick your poison. There's two deadly shots and two guys that know how to get in the back of the net. So uh, it, it should be fun this year. I think they have a good mix right now. Hal Gill, as always, brought to you by Puckets, joining us on Tuesdays throughout the hockey season. Harold, we look forward to hearing you tonight on the call, just so you know, and tell whomever you want, I'm picking Vegas tonight. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean you're picking Vegas? I think Vegas will beat. Will I, I think Vegas right. will win tonight. I think they will beat the Predators. Okay, you're you're entitled to your opinion. Thank I think you. the Preds are probably going to come back and lock it down with some pretty solid defense and pull it up a big greasy road. <laughs> oh no way! I no yep. way in no, absolutely not. How I appreciate it, and Thanks, as Al. you said, I am entitled to my opinion, which somebody on this show sometimes does not feel, which I appreciate. Hal, we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Sounds good. Nice talking to you, Floyd. <laughs> Thanks, Al. Yeah, Al. Hal Gill joining us from Vegas. Predators game day coming up next on Jared and the GM. By the way, I think Vegas is going to spank the Predators today. Spank them. The way they've been playing defense, the way Vegas has been scoring, 
I go spank them. Predators game day coming up next here on Jared and the GM. Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. That's right. They take great care of my home. They're proud supporters of the Nashville Predators. When you go to a Preds game, when you watch a Preds game on TV, you see that happy Hiller logo right there at the center of Bridgestone Arena's ice. Why? Because they're proud of their support of the Nashville Predators, and you can be too. They're also proud supporters of the Tennessee Volunteers. And not only that, they are the best in town. They have an average 4.8 out of 5 star rating with over 15,000 online reviews. Most people that go online to review something usually go online to review because they had a bad experience. But with Hiller, so many people, like me, have such a good experience that they rate them so highly. Hiller's got true transparency pricing, free second opinions, and their expert technicians can fix almost any problem you have. That's, again, why I trust them to come to my home. That's Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Call the Happy Face Truck. From the wholesaling studios, powered by RumbleOn.com. It's game day in Smashville. Brought to you by TJ Anderson Homes and Geno's East. What are Peter Laviolette's keys to the game? Who will be in and out of the lineup? It's time to break it all down on Jared and the GM on your flagship home of Smashville. ESPN 1025 The Game. Nashville Predators and the Vegas Golden Knights tonight, 9 o'clock, right here on ESPN 1025 The Game. The Predators back at it after their loss against the LA Kings on Saturday. Floyd, by the way, of course, we love Predators Game Day. Predators Game Day presented by TJ Anderson Holmes. Also presented by Geno's East. Get a historic slice of Chicago deep dish tradition before or after the game. Geno's East on the corner of 3rd and Korean Veterans Boulevard. Info at geno'seast.com backslash Nashville. Floyd Reese. Yes, sir. I want to introduce something to Predators Game Day. And that is taking a look at the line. The gambling aspect. Vegas in Vegas is a minus 135 favorite tonight to beat the Predators. And the over-under is six goals. Now, I think I would take the over on that, just knowing how the Predators have been playing lately, scoring goals. A game total of six. Now, Hal just said that he thinks it's going to be a greasy road win, which would make you think something along the lines of 3-2 or 2-1 or something like that. Uh, but I think they're going to score more than six goals. But that is the, those are the Vegas odds tonight. And that means what? The minus 135? Yes. Okay, so... Vegas, like the minus one thirty five, is if you if in order to win a hundred dollars on a bet, you have to pay one thirty five. So you have to risk one thirty five in order to get a hundred. Now the predators, I believe, are plus one ten, which means that if you pay a hundred, you get one ten on the predators. So the predators are the underdogs tonight. Hmm. Okay. So. With that, we go to the coach's take. Presented by T.J. Anderson Homes. Your road to real estate starts with my friend T.J. Anderson at tjandersonhomes.com. Peter LaViolette says, working hard tonight will be the key. This is a hard-working team. So whether it's five-on-five or on the power play, we're going to have to, or the penalty kill, we're going to have to outwork them. And they're a fast team and they compete hard. So um, either one of those two elements left out of the game in any situational play, um, we're probably not going to like the way things go. So... If we're skating and competing, and that goes on the power play as well, you've got to outwork their penalty killers. Um, you can find success. So that's uh, one of the 
two of the things that we're harping on inside the room. So Peter Laviolette is pumping up effort already tonight. Uh, I think that, you know, he we've seen the Predators go out there and have sleepwalk performances. Unfortunately, they happen far too often, even in the playoffs. And tonight, if you sleepwalk into the start of this game the way Vegas is playing, you'll be down 3 nothing before you can blink. I, I am shocked at how quickly Vegas got good. I mean, they they were good first year, but, I mean, they just keep getting better. You keep thinking, or at least I thought, you know, with the expansion draft and all of that, well, it's going to balance it out, and, you know, because they're going to have to sign something. They just keep getting better and better and better. I mean, there were people this year I was looking at, I mean, they're the odds-on favorite to win the Cup. So my theory on Vegas is, you know how sometimes, like, people in the NFL will get fired because the team is good, but they're not good enough? So, like, they're tired of the fact that we're tired of getting to the divisional round every year, fire the coach, and we're, they got lucky their general manager in Washington was a successful general manager. He got fired. Their coach was a successful coach in Florida. He got fired. And so they got a good coach and a good GM. And then they were able to – I mean, they had great rules to help them in the expansion draft. And then on top of that, they were good before they thought they'd be good. So they acquired all these picks – and Vegas is probably going to be good for a while. Wow. And pretty impressive for an expansion franchise. Meanwhile, taking a look at the lineup tonight, interesting news for the Predators. They've placed Daniel Carr on waivers. The lines at practice yesterday, Yarn Croak, Johansson, and Arvidsson, Forsberg, Deshane, Granlin, Sissons, Benino. Now here's the change. Instead of Austin Watson, Craig Smith on the third line, Sissons, Benino, Smith, Grimaldi, Kyle Turris, and Austin Watson. On that last line, it looks like Pecorine will start tonight. Sorrow started the other night in L.A. Daniel Carr placed on waivers after a couple of games this season. David Poyle explained the move today on his weekly visit with Darren Donick and Chase. The thought process there is that he has, he's worked hard during uh, training camp and he's got in a couple of games, but he was a leading scorer in the American Hockey League and that we, we need and want production. That's what we think he can do to chip in offensively. And it just hasn't happened for him. And this conversation with him yesterday, I mean, he was, he was disappointed uh, that I approached him about being on waivers. But on the other hand, I think he fully realizes that his scheme, just this and there, is, whether it's his confidence, I mean, he was a little bit, uh, you know, just upset that he hasn't performed to the level that he knows he can. So our hope is that uh, he will clear waivers, get down in Milwaukee, get his scoring back up to where it was and give us an opportunity to, to recall him and maybe put him in when um, when he's got his total game together. So it's funny because uh, when they signed Daniel Carr, it was the same day they signed Duchesne, and Poyle was pumped about that. And Poyle was pumped about Carr all off season and talking about him. And, hey, he's the leading scorer in the AHL. And I think he played two games, and now they're sending him you know, on waivers trying to get him down to Milwaukee. I think Poyle— Can somebody claim him? Oh, yeah, anyone can claim him. Any of the 30 other teams in the league can claim him. Uh, 31 other teams can claim him. But what's funny is I'm convinced Poyle's the only one over there that likes him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Poyle brought him in, was excited. Poyle all offseason excited. No, nobody else. And the coach don't like him. I mean, I, I told Ian this. I was at the Washington game with my dad Thursday. I watched him, and at some point in the third period, I turned to my dad. I go, yeah, i do without this guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not driving me crazy, but yeah, no thank you. And I guess that's probably how Peter felt after two games if they're sending him down on waivers. And Boyle today on the Midday Show was like, oh, you know, he might come back tomorrow. I don't know. <laughs> but, 
<laughs> there you go. Taking a look right. at the uh, standings, Colorado in first place, 10 points. The Blues and the Jets have eight. The Preds have six. The Blackhawks, the Stars have three. And Minnesota has two. Hey, a reminder, Smashville Live returns tomorrow, hosted by Braden Golf from Boomba's Craft Pizza and Tap House in East Nashville, 1003 Russell Street from 7 to 8. J.P. Dumont, former Predator great, will be out there. Fans can register for two tickets to an upcoming Preds home game. Nash and the Energy team will be there as well. Smashville Live, brought to you by New Amsterdam Vodka, Spring Hill Heating and Cooling, and Red Spirits and Wine. Floyd, what are you watching for tonight? I think just what we talked about. You know, the defense. Defense has got to go into this game and and show us some improvement because I think we're all a little bit scared about that. I'm predicting the Vegas Golden Knights to spank the Predators. So what am I watching for? I'm watching for the Predators to not get spanked tonight. Pre-game starts at 8 o'clock. Puck drop is at 9 o'clock with the voice of the National Predators, Pete Weber. ALCS Baseball Yankees and Astros is next until Preds pregame. Jared and the GM.